Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Miss P Speaks podcast. This is Tommy here and it's Mother's Day on Sunday. Yes, I know we have a million and one Mother's Day a year, but without a doubt, mothers deserve to be celebrated every day. So it's May. It's also Mental Health Awareness Month and um, I've decided to share my mental health story in my motherhood journey. I don't know if that makes sense. You know, being home for so long, <laughs> I, I keep making sentences and I'm like, does that make any sense? But yeah, <laughs> um, motherhood is an amazing journey. It's almost nine years now that I've been on this journey. And hopefully I have a few lessons that can be learned from my story. So Sit back, grab a drink, and let's get right into it. I guess so. I guess the journey for me was pretty weird in the beginning. Like, you know, finding out I was pregnant, being pregnant, you know, it really didn't dawn on me. Like, I didn't look pregnant for the longest. Like, even when I finally had the baby, I was like, wait, you were pregnant? I even remember one time, I think I was, I went to day stuff for one of their, I think it was leadership training. And then some guy looks at me and they're like, you know, you're such a pretty young girl. And you're too young to, you know, have a gut that is this big, you know. Just walk on your belly. At this point, I was like seven months gone. But like, <laughs> he just thought I had like a big belly for a slim girl. And all of that. But it was so funny. So I told him, I was like, I'm seven months pregnant. And he was like, whoa, okay, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to cross any lines. But, you know, it was it was something that didn't really dawn on me until the day I had Daniel. And it was so funny because that day I'd just gone for, like, a routine check. And it's like, oh, all right. So, you know, when you get closer to the time, you have to start going weekly. So um, we go there and... They're like, oh, let's check to see how far you're gone. And they're like, oh, looks like you should be getting ready to have this baby soon. You're about two centimeters dilated. I was like, Because <laughs> I really hate that checking part. Ugh, if you've ever gone through the whole pregnancy journey and then you know it, that's, well, for me, that's like the worst part. Like, I don't know, but anyways. Uh, so it's like, oh, you're two centimeters dilated. I was like, okay, this is the morning, like, 8.45, because my apartment was 8 o'clock in the morning. I used to go early. And then, um, you know, my mom was there in the hospital with me, well, sitting down there waiting that, okay, my baby was going to come that afternoon. But somehow, I didn't feel any contractions, nothing. Like, they will come back and check again. They're like, well, you're still at two centimeters. I was like... Can I just go home? <laughs> like, I don't want to be here. But I think around that time in Nigeria, it was right before Sawa. It was like a few days before um, one of the Ramadans. And um, they were like, oh, well, you know, and they were about to go on strike or something. It was just something. And they're like, see, we advise that you stay in the hospital because if you're here, you're here. But then if you're out, they might not be able to let you in. And all of that. Oh, yeah, I had my baby in General Hospital. If you, if you know Nigerian General Hospital, it's like the government hospital. So, like, the procedure is different. So, I was like, um, 
was like, okay, I'll just stay. So my mom was there. It was like getting late. It was like well, like 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, mommy, I think you should just go home. Like, don't just sit here and wait. Like, nothing has happened. I don't even have contractions. Like, I'm not feeling anything. They're like, oh, okay, start walking about, do this. I'm just there like, can you leave me? <laughs> I wasn't really feeling anything. So my mom was like, okay. I was like, you know, I'll call you every hour to let you know what's going on. Just go home. So she goes home, she keeps calling me. I'm like, nothing. Then at, I think it was like 2, 3 a.m., 2.30, yeah, there's this doctor, very mean doctor. Ugh. He came around and he's like, oh, he was being so mean. And like when he checked, he was like, oh, okay, I think you're ready. Go to the labor ward. And like I still wasn't feeling anything but the moment they moved me into the labor ward like you know how sometimes like you cut yourself and it doesn't hurt till you see blood I think the moment I knew like I was in the labor room it just hit me I'm like oh my god so I started having contractions anyway look so shit I have Daniel and you know that happened so it was in that moment where you know I didn't even have time to like pick up my phone to call my mom. She had been calling me and then she didn't hear from me. So she had called the hospital and then they told her that well, I just had my baby. And I love that. But you know, that moment where I was by myself, that and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> this just happened. So I think like that was like the first time that it ever really dawned on me that well, there's a baby here. And well, the baby was here, Daniel. <laughs> so if this is the first time you're listening to, to this podcast, Daniel is my son, my number one supporter, and occasionally, god damn, my English, whew, occasionally he's my co-host. So, well, um, okay, back to where I was going with this journey and mental health and all of that. One thing I noticed was I was very angry for a long time. Not about having a baby, but I was just an angry person. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense, but I was very angry. And for long as I thought it was maybe like I had postpartum and everything. But no, it wasn't that. It was just anger. And then being that I was raising a strong-willed child that also had like combined type ADHD, um, it was very challenging and most people don't get it and they just say things like, oh, this child is hyper. Ah, your child is so stubborn. Ah, it doesn't listen. You know, and things like that. And for some reason, most people just look at me and they're like, oh, wow, she's a young mom. She doesn't know what she was doing. And then when they find out that I'm a single mom, they just throw the whole, oh, it's because she doesn't have a dad or a father figure or a man to be strict with him. First of all, my dad is there, but you know how grandparents are and they spoil kids, but then he still has father figure there and all of that. But that's not even it. First of all, like if you know me, you know like you come for me being a parent on one level, any level, like that is like my trigger. Like you just say, ah, this boom, I'm going off. And all of that. But anyhow, I started I found myself parenting to prove a point to all these people. I wanted to be able to say, aha, I did this. And like somehow whenever Daniel won't do things on certain levels or in a way that I wanted it to be, or I felt like, oh, ah, what will people say when he's doing this? 
I would get so angry and I would lash out a whole lot, you know. And so, oh, then it's so fat. <laughs> but, like, I was just very angry and I would say I was very grumpy. Yes, that's the word. I used to be so grumpy. I used to snap at him a lot and just trying to do the most. And um, when I realized there was an issue, it was, um, so my job, I work at a company where they value mental health. So it's very important. We get like a lot of benefits in regards to that. I guess they don't want you coming to the office when they've been all crazy and just shit up the place or whatever, but they're very keen on your mental health. They're always in our faces with that. But, um... It was one day, um, I, think, I can't remember what it was that happened between me and Daniel. And it was one of those days where I'm just like going on and on. And I'm like, oh, like, what is it that you, you did? Why would you do this? Blah, blah, blah. So I'm going in and then I'm just like, do you know how that makes me feel? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, do you know how this makes me feel whenever you do stuff like this? And then. I'm looking at him, like, you know, the regular, is you up talking to what you answer me? No, when you answer, like, I'm talking to you, you're talking back. But, <laughs> but anyways, during that moment where I was like, uh -huh, do you know how that makes me feel? I'm talking to you, you answer kind of moment. And then he goes, well, I know, I know you're always angry when I, whenever I do stuff. You're always mad when I do something bad. And next thing he goes is, do you know how that makes me feel? And I was just quiet. And it was in that moment that I realized that I never really thought about how he felt. I was more concerned about being a certain type of parent or making sure that I looked like I wasn't slipping up to outsiders. And it was in that moment I was like, okay, you know what? This is what I've been saying. Come on, take advantage of this, uh, this thing. So I decided to go in. And speak to a family counselor with him. So, you know, we all talked. We aired out a whole lot of stuff. And it just made me understand a whole bunch of stuff. I was a very angry person. <laughs> and that's what it was. But now, um, becoming a scream-free scream parent. Because I used to, like, yell a lot and just be very angry. You know, it's so funny because, um, you know, one of these challenges that people were doing and... Where they'd like, um, say hi to me and I will say something about you. Every time any of my friends from like about five years before now, anytime they post anything about me, it's like, Tommy Pepe. But I like, I sit down now these days and I'm like, damn. Where's the pepper? Where's that ginger? Like, I, I don't even get mad at anything anymore. But anyways, that's besides the point. Well, um, <laughs> that is so funny because I'm just like, I need to be angry at somebody right now, but I'm just sitting down here. Anyways. <laughs> uh, but here are a few things I realized that stopped my screaming and my anger and helped me become a more relaxed person. Number one is that there is no playbook for parenting. Like, there's no right way to do it. What works for me may not work for you. What two people can do and works out great, one person can do, and then it's a wow. What one person can do and turns out not so great. Two people may not be able to, well, 
see what I'm saying about when I make sentences. <laughs> like, I don't even know what I'm saying. But the second thing I also noticed is people will always have a say. But that say doesn't matter. What people say should not define what it is that you're doing or how it is that you're handling things. That thing I figured out is no matter what, you're doing great. Doesn't matter what step, what level, what it is or how you're doing it, you're doing great. Um, fourth thing I noticed is kids have feelings and they want to be heard. Like, sometimes people will be like, oh, it's just a child. Why are you talking like this and all of that? But kids have feelings, and they know. And they want to also be able to express feelings as well. And um, number five, one number five, which is something that has worked greatly for me, is running ideas for decisions I'm about to make for him by him. It helps him feel responsible and just knowing that they have a bit of responsibility. Honestly, I don't go by whatever he says, but the fact that I go like, what do you think about this? How does it make you feel if I do this? That way I can weigh and see and know that I'm on the right track or I'm taking the right steps or I don't care, but, you know, just to make them feel involved, I really do care. Let me stop being like that, but I really do care. But just being able to run those ideas by your kids just makes them feel involved. It makes them feel like they're a part of the decision-making process. And um, it also helps build responsibility. Number six thing I noticed is, well, that I learned is communicate. Communicate, communicate, communicate. When your kids upset you, when they do something that is not right, help them understand why it's not right. When you're scolding them, help them understand why it is that they're being scolded. <laughs> yes, I was like, is that the right word? Yes, it better be. <laughs> help them understand why they're being scolded. And um, another thing is to encourage thinking. Like... Um, Think about your actions. How do you feel about what it is that you just did? Why did you do what it is that you did? Do you think there was there is a different way that you could have done this? If you did it this way, do you think that this would have been my reaction? If you did it this way, do you think that this would have happened? Let them think. That way they can understand that actions have consequences and they can also understand how you feel and where it is that you're coming from when you correct them because sometimes they just don't get it. But when they think about it and then you communicate and then you help them think about it, it goes. Number, yeah, the thinking and actions and consequences, that, that was like number seven and number eight. So number nine is find what works for you. Um, for me, I know when I used to be so angry, like, I would yell, scream, sometimes I would smack him, spank him and stuff like that. But I, for me personally with him, I found that, that a reward system works better for us. So it's like, hey, if you do this, you get this. And also when he doesn't do certain things, I take away some stuff from him. And I found the newest punishment that I've been doing, which... 
has just been bringing me so much joy and then because i don't know something is wrong with me because i'm so happy and then he gets so upset like he is literally weeping when i do it but it's like whenever he does something wrong and i'm upset like it's like okay get your tablet and delete every single game that you have on it now this boy has made progress and gone to like level 50 something on certain games and then i delete everything because now he doesn't have social media so you can't save progress on any app so yes it's like do you want to keep all these things that you have or do you want to be right it's like one or the other but yeah find what works for you honestly for some people if yelling works for them do it but it's again you have to understand actions consequences and let them know what it is that is the reason behind everything that you're doing we've even come to a point where it's like when he he does something wrong he realizes it and then at that point he gives himself the punishment he's like okay mama i know this is what I did. I messed up. Can I do this to make up for this? Because I know I messed up. His apologies are more felt because he knows what he did wrong. He knows why he did what he did wrong. And he's trying to make amends for what he did wrong. And this is because we've come to a place of understanding. The final thing, which is something that is very important that a lot of people do that they should avoid doing is threatened with things that they're not going to follow through with. I don't know if to call it a threat or say things that you're not going to go through with it. Like stuff like, oh, you know, if, for example, oh, if you don't, if you don't come first in class, now they don't have positions here, but you know, if you don't come first place in class, um, I'm not, I'm not getting you anything for Christmas, but then you go right around and still get him something for Christmas, you know? You said you would do something and then you did not follow through with it. So it's like, oh yeah, she's, she always says that and she'll never do it. Stuff like that. So it's to get out of the habit of doing that. So that way your words have value. And then whenever it is that you say something, you know that you mean it. So at the end of the day, just give yourself a break. Know without a doubt that you are doing great. Pay attention to your mind and protect your peace. So that is that. And that is me sharing my journey on how I stopped being an angry girl. And that's it. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope I have been able to pass a bit of knowledge or that you just plain enjoyed my story. Um, do not forget our partnership with Digital Magister. Um, with Digital Magister till the end of June where um, they're offering a 10% discount on all products on their website that include domain registration, WordPress hosting, and SSL certificates. So if you head to digitalmagister.xyz and apply, and apply the promo code speaks at the end you will get a 10% off discount they also have training free um online training for different things on their website if you check it out and take one of those classes and just get that knowledge you build your mind and just do great and 
happy Mother's Day to every amazing mother out there. Um, I know I'm putting out a lot of information at the end right now, and everything as usual be, will be in the notes of this episode. So it's so good to be back to regular programming. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the social distancing series that just ended. Um, I love each and every one of my listeners. Honestly, you guys just do it for me. Um, if you have an Apple device, please, um, subscribe on Apple podcast and leave me a review if you can. And also if you want to comment on any episode at the end of it, you can comment. My website is www.misspeacespeakspod.com. If you go to the previous episodes tab, you can see every single episode that I have and you can also see any other podcasts that I've featured on as well and you can comment on there any episode and that's it from me this week thank you for listening be loyal to the version of me that you know and do not judge me by my podcast till next time bye-bye